What are the secrets to enjoying life in retirement? Today, we're talking about how to retire happy, healthy, and free. This is Retirement Revealed, where Jeremy Kyle and his guests guide you towards making smarter retirement, investment, and tax planning decisions. Welcome to Retirement Revealed. I'm your host, Jeremy Kyle, and we're here to turn your retirement savings into retirement income. Today, we're talking with Kim Curtis about how to feel happy, healthy, and free in every aspect of your retirement life. Kim, welcome to the show. Well, thanks, Jeremy. Glad to be here. Yeah, and of course, we don't want to leave anyone hanging. Why don't you just tell us all the retirement secrets you got? <laughs> How much time do we have? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> what? Uh, where, where should we start? Well, you really wrote a book about retirement secrets. That's where uh, I wanted to focus some time on. Mm -hmm. But I suppose before that, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what you do for work every day. I am a regional, uh, I, <laughs> I'm a CFP right out of the gate, and I'm the CEO of a registered investment advisory firm in Denver, Colorado, and working with pre-retirees and retirees for the last almost 30 years. Well, that's so great. And of course, working with them the past 30 years, you've probably seen some people go into retirement and maybe graduate on from retirement and uh, over your course of your, your career. Uh, so that's maybe where you came up with the ideas of the retirement secrets, probably learning from your clients. Well, that's exactly right. Retirement Secrets is my second book. My first book was Money Secrets, Keys to Retiring Happy, Healthy, and Free. And that book pulled back the curtain on the multi-billion dollar financial services industry to reveal why smart people make bad investment mistakes. Mm -hmm. And so with that book, really allowed clients to kind of get a better understanding of investment philosophies that make sense. Um, and I had a client, I had within a matter of a couple months, three different clients come to me and say, Hey, you know, do you have any suggestions on a book for when you retire, like a lifestyle book? And I'd never been asked that before, Jeremy, in my entire career, not asked that question. And so being a data researcher girl that I am, I actually went and bought a lot of books and read them all. And they were kind of terrible. I mean, they weren't that great. There was one book I really liked, but it wasn't written very well. And so mm -hmm. I took the concept of that book and, of course, expanded it based on exactly what you just shared, our own experience, and uh, wrote Retirement Secrets. And it was a little harder because, you know, I'm not retired. So it has a lot of client stories in there. from, And most of them are mistake stories. And then how do you find to how do you live well through it? And and this book really is that lifestyle book that allows you to just thrive in retirement. And and that's what we need to do. You know, we save, 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 save. And how do we transition from saving to living in? Yeah, you got it. Uh, that's maybe why you start with money secrets, right? Uh, a lot of times you've got to either have the money or at least feel like you have enough money to to feel comfortable going into retirement or maybe going kind of beyond the survival, beyond just the, the money part. And it, this is reminding me a bit of a kind of, is it uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious if you've, uh, I, I'm assuming you've researched that or tell me more what your thoughts, what I just said. Yeah, I love that. You know, I, in the work that we do, you have to go back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So the baseline, as you already suggested, is um, food, clothing, shelter. And I think in our country, in the United States, I think it's about 75,000, 80,000, that if you make that much, you kind of have that food, clothing, shelter. And then the top is self-actualization. But if you did that for our industry, 
people come to us at the bottom, say four rungs uh, on managing money. That's why people come to firms like mine. So after managing money, the next working up that rung is a financial plan. You have to tie managing money to a financial plan because without it, it's like investing, it's like archery investing without a bullseye, a target. The plan gives you a target so that, that specifically to you. And then as you go up, once you do that, the third is lifestyle. And the third is if you can have lifestyle, money's frenetic and to bring it down here as your foundation, then you can breathe. You have peace of mind. And when you have peace of mind, the pinnacle of that is impact. And that's what we do. And if we can do that all day long, get, get them to lifestyle, get them to peace of mind so that they could actually have the opportunity to think, why am I here? What is it that I'm here to do? What is the impact that what I want to make? It could be legacy. It could be fulfillment. Any number of those words but the pinnacle of that is what we do best. And that's the start of retirement secrets, keys to retiring happy, healthy, and free. Because, you know, if we end our life and we, you know, just slogged it out on the hamster wheel of making money that has nothing to do with, with who you are, then, then what is our purpose? What, you know, what is it? And so that's what I like about in our firm, how we've been able to take it to the top of that and make a difference in the lives of the people we touch. Well, that's so great. I'm thinking of kind of two things right now. Uh, one of them is I was talking to a CEO of a financial company and he said that their company had done research, all the financial companies do research, mm -hmm. but they found that the more money you had, the more you, you didn't give that money away. You would think that you're more charitable if you were wealthier, right? If I, if I had enough, if I had more money than I would, you know, then I would start giving away. What they found is the more content you were with your money, right? If you felt you had enough, it didn't matter if you had $10,000 or $10 million. If you felt you had enough, then you were uh, giving away. So I imagine a lot of this is the, the mindset of feeling as if you have enough. So that's kind of one, one thought I have there, uh, which goes into, I see usually the answer to how much money is enough is 25% more than what I have. Right. You, you ask somebody with 800 grand, how much is enough? And they tell you a million. And then you ask them with a million, how much is enough? And they tell you, oh, like 1.2, 1.3. So that's a, that's maybe a, I don't know if that's American thing or what it is, but it seems like the answer to uh, enough is always a little bit more than what I have. And I think what you're saying is it's, it's helpful to understand that you have enough so that you can, you know, focus on that, that top part of the ladder, the, the impact, as opposed to maybe just, um, thinking you're in a rat race that you're really not. Right. I mean, that gets back to tying it to the financial plan so that you have the target, so that you know what's important to you. If philanthropy and charitable giving is important to you, you'll make sure that's in your plan. And there is data on that, Jeremy, that it's, you know, how much is enough? There's never quite enough based on right. data that people have answered those questions, but there really is enough. There really is enough. And it could be, it could be 500,000 as you go into retirement. Uh, it really gets back to lifestyle and, yeah, and your lifestyle you go in that order. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I think sometimes and I've talked to people that aren't yet our clients or they're looking around for different advice or advisors. It seems like sometimes they're just stuck in the thought that the only thing an advisor can do or the only thing you can do with your money is to manage it and try to get a little bit more interest, try to a little, get a little bit better stock. 
It's like they just don't even believe that there's more. So I'm I'm curious how you approach it. How do how do you get some people that need a little bit uh, of guidance to realize that there there is more than beyond just catching the money and, and managing it? Easy. Uh, that I know. It, it is, <laughs> I mean, easy. Uh, I, one of the things that I say all the time is that there's no amount of rate of return that can create an extraordinary life or money. No amount of money can create an extraordinary life. No amount of rate of return that can create an extraordinary life. So if you understand that, then it, then the next idea around that that I often say is how you do money is how you do life. So if your head is in the sand on money, trust me, your head is in the sand on other areas of your life. Because money is just this invisible thread that touches every aspect of our lives. So the conversation, once you understand the invisible thread of that and how it impacts health, how it impacts community, how it impacts doing what you love, purpose and passion, then all of a sudden it becomes a bigger conversation. And, and that conversation, in Retirement Secrets, there is over 500 activities. It's called retirement mapping. There are over 500 activities that, that as you're getting closer to retirement, like you go and scratch it off, prioritize what you really like. Maybe it was an old hobby that you did when you were a teenager that you stopped doing to kind of get you thinking about all the different things that mattered to you at one point in your life or maybe now that you have time to look into it uh, to kind of get all those juices going. And once you get all that juiciness of excitement, then all of a sudden your vision becomes larger. One of the things in Retirement Secrets, it, there is a chapter in there on why are you here? You know, So obviously your purpose is the number one thing of where to start. But there's there, what we discovered in our data and the research I had to do to write this book is when people step off, their number one job after working is exercising. Because if you're not healthy, if your body isn't can't support you, then all of a sudden your choices are limited. So the number one job after stepping off in retirement is coming up with activities and exercises that allow your body both cardio and weight training to keep your body alive and healthy as long as we can. Yeah, I suppose in uh, in your book it says this is how you retire happy, healthy, and free. I'm thinking retiring the healthy part is what brings along a lot of the happiness and the freedom, right? You get the uh, you probably enjoy your life more, and you can definitely do more things. You have that more freedom if you if you stay healthy. Yeah, that's the first lever. Absolutely, awesome. the first lever. Another is community. Discovering that if you're isolated, think about what we've gone through with the pandemic, a lot of us learned what loneliness or isolation felt like. Uh, I know that we've had several, a few of our clients that really felt that loneliness because they couldn't see their grandchildren. They couldn't travel. They couldn't do different things. So there's a, a section in there called, um, what, uh, it's a, what is the title of it? It's a re relationship circles. <laughs> and the relationship circles, if, if you put yourself in the center and then you have a ring around you, that first circle is a circle of intimacy. Those are the people that know all your secrets. The next circle out is a circle of friendship. Those are the people that you maybe go to the movies with or have dinner with. The third is a circle of participation. And those are people like um, your gym buddy or 
who you go to church with or whatever, a circle of participation. And the outward circle is a circle of exchange. So as a, as a practitioner in financial services, we would tend to generally be on that outside circle, circle of exchange. But if you're really good at your job, you've probably moved into that circle in a way that makes you, wherever you feel most comfortable and your client feels most comfortable with where they want you in that circle. So what we did during um, the pandemic is we actually sent that to our existing clients to have them put in who are these people in these different circles and where do they need oftentimes moving up from the exchange to participation to getting them into friendship or from friendship to getting them more into intimacy so that you have more people around you. But really powerful exercise as you go into retirement. What does that uh, relationship circle look like for you? And what do you need to do to expand it? Yeah, I can see right now already why you're so successful helping your clients do these things. Because it's not just about uh, your enthusiasm, which you clearly have, but it's also <laughs> the idea of helping them beyond just the, the money part. I, I, I like the idea of here we are, 2020 your your relationships have just really been narrowed and maybe to be thoughtful of who you want in your relationships and how to expand them or or be careful. And of course, back then there was more Zooms and outdoor walking and things you could do that was more, uh, I guess, healthier, safer, uh, according to the times back then. So yeah, definitely the health part, which is really, I don't even know if it's really truly self-centered, right? If you're healthier, you probably have a better opportunity to be uh, more in community or, or even more present for those that are in your community. Whether, what other level levers do you have uh, in there that people need to really focus on? Well, Jeremy, you hit the nail on the head when you said, when you asked like, well, is it selfish of me or not? Actually, that's one of the levers is self-care. Sure, Think about yeah. that. If you're not taking care of yourself, how can you be available for your mate or your children or your grandchildren or others that rely on you? So self-care is a signature piece of success in retirement. And that could be um, for, for those who meditate. It could be meditation. It could be walking in nature. It could be any number. It could be Pilates or yoga. Whatever it is for you that allows for self-care, a bath, <laughs> you know, that allows you to be present and rejuvenate yourself so that you're ready for whatever that next is. And I, I think that self-care also is knowing what your body, what's going on in your body. So I would say self-care that allows us to be more aware, that allows us to be more conscious. Because when we, when we go through life unconscious, we're just bopping along you know, like I, I, you know, you know, like uh, you know, being in summer, and with uh, boats and water skiing, or those tubes in the back of a speedboat, like you're in the back of that tube, just going up and down and up and down, up and down over the waves, and pretty soon it's no longer fun because your body is just sore from bouncing mm -hmm. up and down on the. It's like I'm done, I'm done, stop the boat. That's what it feels like oftentimes when we don't have a direction. It's Jeremy Kyle here, and I know you're listening to the Retirement Reveal Podcast because you want to learn more about making great retirement decisions. I've created a free video course for you to do just that. Head over to 5stepretirementplan.com and sign up to receive this video training right in your email inbox. We broke down our 5-step retirement plan into bite-sized videos so you can get started on the retirement, investment, and tax planning you need to create a consistent retirement income. 
Go to 5stepretirementplan.com. Use the number or spell it out. You'll get there either way. 5stepretirementplan.com. Thanks for listening. And now for the rest of the show. Yeah, that's that's right. And that's um, it's interesting how you said the self-care, self-awareness. It, uh, I don't, I'm going to relate a, a proud moment of me and my my 12-year-old daughter. I, um, I'm trying to lose a bit of weight, not terribly too much. And of course, she's 12, so I'm not... I'm trying to very much downplay the idea of, of weight loss to a 12 year old girl, but, um, more of the healthiness. And she asked me how I was doing with it. I said, Oh, I was stuck for a little bit, but then I, I changed something. And now, and now I've got a little bit healthier. I've lost a couple of pounds now. And she said to me, that's really nice that you know about your body or like you, you knew how to like make that work with your body. I'm butchering her quote, but I just was like, wow, this is like insightful 12 year old. Yeah, she's basically saying like, "Good, good for you, Dad, for listening to your body." And, and of course, uh, I can't stop now, right? I got to keep on listening to to my body. And, and I think that a lot of times when you're working, or you know, motherhood for a lot of people, right? You just kind of push through it, and you don't take the time uh, to listen listen to your body, listen to your your brain, what what's going on for you. So I like how you're encouraging that level of self awareness, self care, the healthiness, and uh, there because really part of your your book, you said it's this day, like what happens after the last day of your working, right? That that next day is really the beginning of a new you and a, a new life. And so I uh, question I guess what so what happens that next day, right? You 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 quit working today. Today's your last day. What happens tomorrow? Well for what we've discovered is that most retirees want, you know, they don't want to do anything. You know, they want to not have an alarm clock. They don't want their life controlled by anyone else anymore. And so they get very excited about the idea of that. But that generally only lasts for about three months before they start to go crazy. Mm -hmm. So it's about a three-month window where nothing is enough. <laughs> yep. And then after that, if they don't start doing something, then decay sets in. And that's really important to understand that that if you're not taking care of your body, if you're not doing something, bringing your brain and keeping your brain smart and active and your body active, then decay sets in. And and a lot of disease is self-imposed by the foods we eat and all the different things that we choose to do or not do. So uh, there is a chapter in there besides fitness is food and also uh, other types of of different types of medicine, you know, like a a chiropractor or a a functional medicine, different things to be out of the box to think differently. Uh, I'm from Colorado, so you know, mile high city, and the conversation here is medical marijuana, and how does that help for pain management? Because pain management, you know, Jeremy, my mom, my mom is no longer with us. Uh, I lost her last year. Mm -hmm. And she was an old 82 year old. Okay. And what I mean by that is she didn't, she didn't take care of her body. She was one of those who had a chronic pain and the doctors prescribed the opioids. So that was the addiction of the opioid for managing pain was a big deal. And it's still a big deal in this country today. And as we age and have more pain, how do we manage that pain in a healthy functional way? That allows us to live. That allows us to, to to live, and so that is an interesting conversation to have. As how do we age? What is it that we want to do? How do we manage pain? And where do we get the advice 
Is it traditional medicine? Is it in the United States through, through prescription drugs? So there's a lot of other alternatives that are out there that may be more appropriate. Yeah, it is interesting because uh, recently, just this summer, my grandma passed away. And of course, she's in her 90s at that that point in time. And the the hospice nurse uh, was relaying with the um, my, you know the brothers and sisters, my you know, dad, aunts, and uncles, that uh, basically she did not want to have any opioids. She basically said, no, 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 no opioids because it, it was maybe a... Um, a perception like I don't want to be drugged up. I don't want to. So it's a, it was a tough balance of she clearly needed the pain man, management, mm-hmm. and yet there's maybe um, a perception of uh, maybe from the medical establishment. Well, there's only way to do it, and then her perception of like well, I'm not going to submit to that way on there. So it, it is interesting that you bring up that there's there's more than one way to go about it, whether it is chiropractic or you know if there's some level of of different medicine that's not a specific medicine that's you know, perhaps more, more natural. And, and that's maybe a mindset thing is, uh, it is. exploration, it is. right? If you, if you think there's only one way to go about it, whether you're 90 or 90, I think, I think you have to think there's, there's more ways to at least explore to, to get to the end result. My mom lived in New York. And so New York did have the medical marijuana and I wanted to suggest that to her and we tried it, but the stigma for her, sure, yep, she didn't want anyone to know that right. she was trying it. So there's a huge mindset around alternative medicine, you name it, all the things that we've already described as it relates to our care. Yeah. And I think you said it to begin with that, uh, your story that you're, thank you for sharing that is perhaps personally, she, she could have done some things ahead of time. And I think that's, I wonder if that's part of uh, you writing your book and encouraging the healthiness is, is almost like a letter to your mom 20 years ago. That's I'm, I'm sensing that right now. Oh, well, you know, you just brought up a whole nother category of like, you know, we call it legacy letters. Mm -hmm. And what a great idea to, to write a letter to your children or grandchildren about the values, the things that you see in them. I see you doing this. This is, this is who our family is. This is who we are. And to have these as your guiding principles. Legacy letters are brilliant. They're outstanding. We actually did that for our clients um, about two years ago. We actually suggested they write legacy letters um, and start small. Uh, There's actually software out now that you could actually download and it will give you question prompts to help you. But even just writing in a journal is really helpful. So I love that. You know, Jeremy, I remember reading where it said each generation is smarter than the generation before it. And I remember thinking, darn right. I am so much smarter than my parents. And yes, then I of went, course. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, my children, they're right. smarter. Oh my gosh. And that was like, you talked about your daughter and a 12 year old. And, and instead of doing weight, you know, the word, yeah, I'm, I'm doing, I'm on a fitness plan, you know, cause you want your daughter to do exercise and fitness and to have that conversation. She's already, she already knows your number. Trust yeah, right. me. Oh yeah. She, she knows exactly uh, my yeah. weight every day. I think somehow she figures it out. It was, yeah. That's funny. Which is why those legacy letters, again, if you understand that each generation is smarter than the generation before it, then think of how you could catapult that younger generation into a different thought because because they may have already just brushed over that thinking that they're way beyond you. Yep. And so stories are a really beautiful way to share that. Yeah, I like that legacy letter to your kids and grandkids. Uh, I'm thinking too, I'm just brainstorming because I'm so much 
fun here with you, but I'm I'm thinking because uh, especially I see a lot of people that retire. Like you retire, you're you're sixty, your parents are 80, 85, mm-hmm. 90, uh, and you're seeing okay, mom's doing this, dad's doing this. I'll never do that. I wish they had done this differently. I think you ought to write a legacy letter to yourself, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Right. When you're 60, write a letter to your your 80, 85 year old self, which probably actually does two things. One, it might help you remember, you know, what you were going through when your parents were that age, and maybe it'll help you feel uh, more connected or understanding of how your kids are feeling when you get to that age. Uh, but there's all kinds of science that says when you're saving for retirement or you're making decisions, uh, you know, that's that's tomorrow Jeremy's problem, right? You know, I'll deal with that 25 years from now. And if you can maybe picture yourself as that person, right? When you're heading into retirement, if you can picture yourself more of the 85-year-old, you know, 90-year-old, maybe heading towards end of retirement and, and thinking of their shoes, you'll probably make a lot better decisions when you're 60 and 65 and you're thinking of your Medicare and Social Security and your pensions and your, you know, everything on there. So I think that's a that's an additional exercise I got to explore as well too. A legacy letter to your kids and grandkids, but also like a, a pre-legacy letter to yourself. I love that idea. Yep. Awesome. Fun. Well, you mentioned that uh, you've, you're running your firm. You're, you're obviously not yet retired then. How, how do you envision spending your retirement? I'm just going to stay active. I know that for sure. I believe um, it. So, so I, I really do think that there, again, the science around that is to stay active and community and, and so forth. I, I love water and I live in Denver. Sure. <laughs> so something's missing there, but in, I, you know, you do different, well, that's the whole thing. You do different things to make sure that that's important to you. So we go to San Diego and, and spend uh, several weeks there, or we'll go to New York, uh, the city, uh, and I'll do some work there. So there's ways, and now that we can do remote work and still be sure. with our clients, it's a lot easier to do. And I have a 25-year-old daughter and a 23-year-old son, and we actually bought an adventure van. Oh, wow. Four-wheel drive, you All know, right. a Sprinter Mercedes van, and we are having so much fun with that. Again, living in Colorado, there's so much BLM land, Bureau of Land right. Management uh, land that you can off-road it and park wherever you want and paddleboard and do some really cool stuff. And that has been really fun. And that was actually a purchase pre-pandemic, but oh. we had it uh, for the pandemic. So that was something that really was was cool. That was a lot of fun. Oh, that's so great. Good. Well, you've definitely uh, shared a lot of the... Uh... Secrets to Retiring Happy, uh, Happy, Healthy, and Free. And we're going to link to that in the show notes. So make sure if you want to get a copy of Kim's book, we can do that. Although uh, the easiest way is to send me an email because we love education. We love giving away books. So the first three people that email me, podcast at kylefp.com, K-E-I-L-F-P.com, we will send out uh, Kim's book to you. So go ahead and just email it to us. Tell me you're looking for for Kim's book. And top three, you get it. Uh, the next three... Uh, well, we'll have the link. So you'll be you're ready to to boost up your Amazon sales there, Kim. Oh, I appreciate that. And you know, Jeremy, we talked about our parents. When my sister and I actually, as we were dealing with my mom's care, uh, I recognized that I, as an advisor, missed a few things. And so we put together an aging parent guide. And it's 26 plus pages. And, and it's as granular as putting together a playlist of your parents or your person you're caring for, their favorite music. 
Okay. And so for yeah. my mom, it was a lot of hymnal music, you know, sure. uh, that she wanted that could loop around and play so that she could hear things that were important to her. But having those conversations with the people you love of what what will they need? What do they want? Do they like candles? Is it music? What is their favorite TV station uh, that they want when they can't communicate those wishes for you? Right. And so we could give that to uh, viewers and listeners at uh, Financial Literacy Press dot com. Okay. Financialliteracypress.com. And it's the aging parent checklist. Perfect. I'm writing that down. So we got that in the show notes, but financialliteracypress.com. You you call it the aging parents checklist? Yes. Aging parents guide or checklist. I I think it's aging parents guide. Okay. Oh, that's great. Awesome. Well, I've got one more question for you, Kim. Mm -hmm. Before uh, you do that, just tell us a little bit more about how people can reach out to you. Uh, LinkedIn, Kim Curtis, uh, Instagram, Kim Curtis Prosperity, and Financial Literacy Press. That's excellent. Good. And of course, if you're looking for more ideas, more great guests like Kim, make sure to go ahead, click that subscribe button right now so you can catch the next episode. We've got one more question for you, Kim, and it's something here. Tell us something about yourself that few people know about. And remember, this podcast is rated clean. You know, when I go into a grocery store and I'm waiting in line, which isn't very, you know, because usually you could self check out now. Right. Um, but you know, those magazines that are there that are just really bad. Oh, yeah. I love, like, I could get stuck in like People Magazine or mm-hmm. whatever those magazines are that talk about all the stars. I just like fall right into it. And I'm so intrigued that I forget that the line has moved. And so I would say that even though I'm a data girl with a legal background, those magazines can really pull me in. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's fun. I guess uh, that, that counts as a guilty pleasure, but that's okay. Yeah, guilty pleasure. Awesome. I'll take it. I'll take that. Awesome. Well, thanks, Kim. Thanks for coming on the show. It's been a lot of fun. I've had a lot of fun uh, with you. Thanks, Jeremy. Glad to be here. Thank you. Yeah, you got it. And thank you for listening to the Retirement Reveal podcast. We believe if you know more about your money, You will feel better about your money and you will make better money decisions. This was another great episode of the Retirement Revealed podcast. Click on the subscribe button below to automatically get our latest episodes. If you liked our show and want even more, please give us a rating and a review at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would love to hear from you. Please go to retirement-revealed.com to learn more and send us your questions and feedback. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners, Thrivent, or its affiliates. The guests are not affiliated with or endorsed by Thrivent Advisor Network. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal accounting or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Kyle Financial Partners is part of the Thrivent Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investment advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have with your investment planning. Advisory persons of Thrivent provide advisory services under a doing business as name or may have their own legal business entities. 
However, advisory services are engaged exclusively through Thrivent Advisor Network LLC, a registered investment advisor. Kyle Financial Partners and Thrivent Advisor Network LLC are not affiliated companies. Information in this message is for the intended recipients only. Please visit our website, www.kylefp.com, for important disclosures.